0: Today, the Tuesday of the nine days of mourning, we continue to read, ironically, Megillus Esther, and things are not looking very good. We were introduced to Esther and to Mordechai, but we were also introduced to Haman and to his dastardly plot his genocidal plot, La to exterminate the Jewish people, 11 months from the day of his announcement. His announcement was made on the 13th of Nisan, and the date of the murders was to be held on the 13th of Ador. The last sounds we heard at the end of Paragimel, the end of chapter 3, with well, the sounds of the sounds of lament the sounds of not of Mikilas Esther but let's see what happens next here in chapter 4 Mordechai knew all that had happened Mordechai rent his clothing he tore his clothing And he put on sackcloth and ashes. He went out in the middle of the city. And he cried, A great, a loud and bitter cry. In his parade, torn clothing, sackcloth and ash, screaming on top of his lungs bitterly, he went through the city and reached the Shahamelach. Reached the, as we've been translating Shahamelach all along. He reached the judiciary. He reached the supreme court. He lavo He could go no further because it was improper to um, enter the Shahamelach, this great dignified, prestigious place dressed in a sackcloth. To murder Jews, that's permissible. But to dress improperly, that's a major offense. That's the nature of the society we're dealing with, and we are familiar as Jewish people throughout our history with such uh, paradoxes. What did Mordechai <coughs> know here? More than other people. <coughs> what does it mean? So what did he know that others did not know? And the Medrash Rabbi deals with this question and says, The master of the dream told him in a dream that. Indeed, the Jewish people deserved this punishment. And then Mordechai had the following vision. Eliyahu and Moshe. Eliyahu goes seeking Moshe and says, Moshe, you are the one who has to stand up for the Jewish people. There's a decree against them, and yes, they may, they may deserve it. But certainly, you who are Omeid by Perez Lefonov, do something now in defense of your people. And Moshe said, wait, why should I be disturbed from my grave and go and be the defender of the Jewish people at this moment? Is there a contemporary tzaddik? And Eliyahu said, yes, his name is Mordechai. So Moshe said, to Eliyahu, if that's the case, if that's the if that's the case, We'll make a partnership, said Moshe Telio Go tell Mordechai that he should pray from his place and I'll pray from mine. He should pray from Shushan and I will pray from my Mokom Kivura, from my unknown burial place in Har Nevo. Together we will beseech God. Miyad holach Mordechai Yehudah went and informed Mordechai, and this is the meaning, says the Medrash, Mordechai Mordechai knew that this was what was expected of him. And he went, rent his clothes, etc. And he cried a great cry. Why did Mordechai deserve this punishment of having to cry so bitterly? Where else do we find in our studies of Tanakh this phrase z-aka, gedola not in the Nachyomi program but in the Parshas Hashavua Parshas told us when Esau came to Yaakov after ya- I'm sorry when Esau came to Yitzchak after Yitzchak had already blessed Yaakov mistaking Yaakov for Esau and then Esau comes to Yitzchak and says I want my brochos and here's the story. Esav hears from Yitzchak the brachos were already given to Yaakov. And Esav cried out a great and bitter cry. Here we have a Moro. and there we had it. Even Esav should not be insulted. Even Esav's suffering costs later generations, in the because of the fact that Asaf suffered a tz'okha gedola umoro, now the Jewish people pay back with the vayizak tz'okha gedola umoro. This is a medrish and beresh's rabba. Very, very powerful, powerful idea. Frightening. <coughs> Frightening indeed in every province wherever the king's decree reached, and again the melody of Ehahudim a great mourning for the Jewish people, fasting and crying and and eulogy. Everyone, everyone laying in sackcloth and um, ashes. Medrash Rabbah, Godola Rabbah. A great morning. What does it mean, a great morning? Is there such a thing as a minor morning? Morning, grief is grief. Is there a lesser grief and a greater grief? Asks the medrash. And the medrash answers. Most of the time, grief and mourning are intense, but as time goes by, the intensity diminishes. The first day, the grief is overwhelming. The second day, it's a little less. After a week or so, still less. After many months, you begin to cope with it. It diminishes with time. But not this grief. This grief got worse and worse in time. First, there was the grief 11 more months till this extermination of the Jews. Then, oy, only 10 more months. Then, only 9 more months. The grief is getting worse and worse as time goes on. And therefore, Evel Godol, this is a great morning. A kiyum, a fulfillment of the posuk in the Teuchacho and Kisovo, says the Medrash, You're living a life but it's a life which is hanging in the balance. Hanging in the balance. Esther's maid maid servants and eunuchs came and told Esther that Mordechai is dressed in sackcloth and he, she, he is at the gates of the palace. And the queen was greatly shaken. She was greatly agitated. And she, said, she sent other clothing to dress Mordechai. To remove his sackcloth. The queen seemingly, it's hard to say this, seemingly does not get it. She sees Mordechai in sackcloth and the response is, Mordechai, take off your sackcloth. Let me give you better clothing. Perhaps, perhaps, what she was hinting to Mordechai is there will be a time when you will not have to wear sackcloth when quite the contrary, you will be dressed in a levush malchus, you will be dressed in royal garb. And so, vatikro Esther called to a new uh, person that we meet, a man named one of the eunuchs whom the king appointed to serve her. And she sent him to Mordechai to learn why and wherefore this is all occurring. Now here we have a beautiful penetrating thought from the Malbim. I think this is the first time in this study of Megillus Esther that I have quoted the Malbim, but his parish on Esther is unbelievable. There are so many beautiful commentaries on Esther. And I'm limited in how many I can share with you, and I'm certainly limited in how many I know. But there's a parish from the Vilnagon, and there's a parish from the Maith Hashem, and there's a parish from the Malbim, there's a parish from the Torah Tamim, there's a parish from the Mono Salevi, there's a parish from the Alshech. Of course, there are the perushim of Rashi and the great Rishonim. commentary after commentary, and each one presents a different dimension, a different spin, a different take, a different depth, a different profundity, and here is what the Malbim has to say. She realized something is very secretly going on here underneath the surface. Mordechai is dressed in sackcloth and wailing in the street. So Shulchola she sent Hasoch, shehoyah Etzlo, Ne'eman, Ruach, Ve'ich was more than just a eunuch. He was Esther's confidant, Esther's trusted advisor. But it's mordechai and she told him, Go to Mordechai, sheyachkor min hatzad sibat That she should know to figure out, not what's going on. She knew what was going on. She read the newspaper the same as anyone else. But she wanted to know what is the reason for all this. What is this Sibo? What's going on? But more importantly, vial why is this happening? And the Malbim gives us as a metaphor. Like a skilled physician. Who comes to heal an illness. He wants to diagnose the illness. What is it? He also wants to analyze and find out the ultimate cause for these symptoms. He wants to know the symptoms, he wants to know the cause. What disease is this? And why? In in the Medrash Esther a different take on these words, These words, remind us, says the Medrash, of the Pesukim Parches Kisiso, which describes the Aseret Hadibros, which describes, describes the Ten Commandments written on the two tablets of stone, and written miseh kesuvim, written on both sides of the tablets, says the Medrash Shmuel Rav Yitzchok Shilcholo, Rav Yitzchok uh, that Esther says Rav Yitzchok sent to Mordechai the following question. Mayhem shall destroy a low bowl at Sorok Kazos. There's never been a genocide attempt until now. Maybe the Jews deserve it. Maybe they somehow have denied this God, this is my God. Maybe they denied the lessons of the Ten Commandments. Dixiv bohem, of which it is written, Mizeh, umizeh hem k'suvim. So this ma'zeh, the yal ma'zeh, is asked this question of, perhaps there's some terrible sin that's been done against zeh eliv or against zeh umizeh heim k'suvim. Ha'yeitzei ha'soch el-Mordechai el-Rechov o'ira shalifnei shara melech. Ha'soch went out to Mordechai, to the, to the street, the square in front of the palace gate, and Mordechai told him all that happened and all about the money that Haman had offered to Ahasuerus to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. Yes, Mordechai actually gave him a copy of of the written text of the law that had been proclaimed in Shushan, to show Esther facts, to tell her and to give her a command. Mordechai wanted Esther to intervene, to come to the king to plead with the king, and to beg on behalf of her nation. So this is this is the, the, the image. Mordechai now sees. He finally has the insight. This is why this is happening. Esther has been strategically placed by fate, which we know means by providence, by the rebornish loan sashkoch, into this strange, peculiar, unusual, shameful position of being the queen to this 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 knave, clown of a king. Why? Because she can intervene on behalf of her people. And he pleads for her to do so. He pleads for her to do so. Hasoch, the intermediary, goes back, tells Esther what Mordechai said, and Esther tells him, wait a second, there's a problem here. And the problem is. Everyone knows. Remember, this king is no longer out there throwing parties, exposing himself to all kinds of people. He's not confident at all. Fakert, just the opposite. He is withdrawn, he is hidden, he's guarded. Guards all around him. You can't get into him, and anybody who gets close to him will suffer the penalty of death, unless the king extends his scepter, unless the king extends his his rod, his sharvit, golden sharvit. Then I haven't been summoned to the king for thirty days. Perhaps she's saying here, wait, Mordechai, don't force me to go today. He hasn't seen me in thirty days. That's a long time. Sooner or later, he's going to call me in. When he calls me in, then I'll have a better opportunity. Then he'll want me, and my power will be that much greater. Don't force me to go now. So, she says to him, Mordechai was told about what Esther said. Notice, there's no mention of Hasoch. Until now, Hasoch was going back and forth as the emissary, the shliach, between Esther and Mordechai and Mordechai and Esther. But it doesn't say that Hasoch went back and told Mordechai, Esther, but they, the anonymous they, told Mordechai. It says, it's a gemara, Megillah, Meseches Megillah, Daph Tesfov. Vilo Hasoch lo Hasoch did not go. Mikan she'ein meishi vimalakoko. What was Hasach going to say? That Esther doesn't want to go? Something so shameful as that? No. No, that's not something that Hasach was ready to do. Ein mashivim al hakakola. To go and disclose shameful news, Esther's refusal or reluctance to go, no. Esther had to send that message, not through Hasach, the faithful, trusted confidant, but through some anonymous others. And others say, Haman found Mordechai. I'm sorry, Haman found Hasoch. And Haman knew that Hasoch was delivering secret messages between the queen and Mordechai, so Haman killed Hasoch. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself had to intervene. The Holy Spirit, the Divine Spirit, will be the emissary, conduit, the liaison between Mordechai and Esther. And here is what Mordechai says. Mordechai said to this, either the anonymous new replacement of Hasoch or to the Ruach HaKodesh which is now taking the message back to Esther. Very harsh words. He's indicating that he suspects that she wants to get away from it. She wants to say, let the Jews get killed. I am the queen, and I will be saved. I will be um, protected by the king. No, says says Mordechai. Do not imagine that you of all the Jews will escape with your life by being in the king's palace. On the contrary, quite the opposite. Key. Let me be clear here. If you are going to be silent in this crisis, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another quarter. Don't worry. The Jews, if you're not going to be the Savior, the instrument of their salvation, Someone else will come along. Some other method will be discovered. Mokom acher. And perhaps, as Chazal say and the Mephoshim say, Mokom here refers to Mokom o We can rely upon the Mokom, upon God, to, to bring about this Revach V'Hatzolo, to bring about this relief and deliverance. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows? Perhaps you have attained this royal position for just such a crisis. For miyotei am la'es kazos higat it's hard to understand how Mordechai would think that Esther was trying to avoid her responsibility after all, Esther was ito. Esther was faithful Esther is to life Esther was loyal to Mordechai now suddenly he accuses her of, of not being willing to stand up on behalf of her people is hard, very difficult, very difficult to understand. But that's how he understands her reluctance. That's how he understands her reluctance. And he says, Maybe this is what you're destined for. This is your opportunity for greatness. This is why you have been placed in the, precisely in this Position. Let me quote to you a commentary on this from the Monos Halevi, a commentary called Monos Halevi, written by Rav Shlomo Al the author of the Chododi. Amarti says Mordechai, according to the Manos HaLevi. You should be the one. There will be others if you're not the one, but I want you to be the one. In the process, save your soul, save the soul of your dead father. I want you to do it now. Somebody might beat you to it. Do it now. And I want you to do it. I want you to remove the shame from your father's house. Meaning, your ancestor Sho'ol also delayed. He tarried. He postponed killing Agog. And therefore, Amolek was perpetuated. You have a chance now not to tarry, not to postpone, not to procrastinate, not to delay. Do it now. I want you to do it now. And then in the process... You will be able to redeem the reputation of your uh, ancestors. A beautiful, beautiful thought. And the apostle continues Esther said, I want to respond to Mordechai. And here's what I'm going to do Esther gets the message, she's going to step into the fray. But she needs the proper equipment, so to speak, to do so. Leich kenoses kolayhudim. And therefore, Mordechai, go and assemble all the Jews who live in Shushon. Vitzumu tochlu shloches yom laylo And fast for me, for three days. Remember which three days they are. These are the 13th and the 14th and the 15th of Nisan. I want you to fast for me on these days. And I will fast as well. And after the fast, I am willing to go to the king although it is contrary to his law. And if I am to perish, so be it. I will perish. I will perish. She's asking Mordechai to suspend Jewish law, to fast on Pesach, and to do away with the mitzvah of matzah, moror, yayin, etc. How can she do this? Pirkei Rabbelezer has it as follows. Which three days are these? how can you ask us to fast on the first day of Pesach and she says to him almost these words my dear uncle Mordechai aren't you being foolish you were the chief of the Sanhedrin you were this great wise man and you're asking me this question how can you fast on the first day of Pesach? If there's no Jewish people, there's no korban Pesach. Saving the Jewish people and fasting for them takes priority over the mitzvahs of Pesach because no Jews know Pesach. And of course, she was right. She was right. Rav Kook, in a lengthy series of tshuvas, in his book of responsa called Mishpat Koy, goes into great depth over the fact that here in this story, Esther is breaking many, many laws, basic laws. Number one, according to the opinion of Chazal, that Esther was married to Mordechai. How can she live with Achashverosh? But well, you can say she did so under coercion. But now she's doing so. She's going to him. She's volunteering to come to him. So she's doing it, Merotsam. How can she do that? And in general, is it permissible for one person to risk his life for another? She was risking her life for another person. Shouldn't she say, I've got to take care of my life. And now she's being asked, She's taking the initiative of doing away with the mitzvah of Pesach, the Yomtif of Pesach, the mitzvah of Matzah, and Leil Shimurim. We're talking about big-time stuff, heavy duty. How can she take that into her own hands? And Rav Kook takes the approach, and of course I'm oversimplifying it. I'd suggest to those of you who are interested to consult the Shalash Teshuvah's Mishpat Kohen of Rav Kook. Where he raises his question, he says, that there's a concept of Hatzolas Klal Kl- Kl- Yisroel. There's a concept of saving the Jewish people. And that concept overrides everything else. It overrides the Yehorik Val of, of Shri Chastomim and the Yehorik Val of of, of, of Gilear Royos. It overrides Pesach. It overrides anything. Everything is overridden in the interests of Hatzolas Klal Yisroel. And these words of Rav Kook are epitomized in this, these five, six words from Pirkei the Rabbelezeh. Em ein Yisrael lemi pesach Everything falls down lower in priority against the importance of preserving the Jewish people. Leich kenosis <laughs> Kola ha-Yehudim asher b'shusha. V'ya'avor Mordechai. Maura Megillah says, and Mordechai was willing to do the yavero, she'evir yom rishon shel Pesach Betinas. He was willing to cancel Pesach, to fast in the interests of Hatzolas, Kalal Yisroel. Vayas, and he did, ke'chol asher olav Esther, everything that Esther commanded. This posuk, the last in perak does not end, as the previous peric did, on a note of sadness. But now, as we will see tomorrow in Parakay, we are on the upswing. We're on the upswing. Yes, for us who are studying this on a daily basis, there's only two days, or three until Tisha of but in this safer that we are reading, we're quite happy now. Things have begun to change. Esther has moved into action. Mordechai has moved into action. and soon we will see how Kavaho, the Rabonlogan himself, moves into action. And so tomorrow we'll move on to Perik Hay.